Hello, everybody. We are going to be doing a demo on expressive figure drawing. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. These are the supplies I'm going to be using today. I've got two erasers. This is our beloved kneaded eraser. And I also have this white plastic eraser, which is no longer white. It looks like a piece of charcoal. And then I have two different kinds of charcoal. I've got vine charcoal on this side. This is Bob's fine vine charcoal. It's a nice hunk, very large. And I also have here little pieces of compressed charcoal. And if you want information on all of those art supplies, those are in the YouTube video description below. And same thing with the reference photos. Those are also in the YouTube video description below. I got newsprint because I want to get started warming up. I don't want to do something that's too involved in the beginning. And I'm actually not really trying to actually draw anything <laughs> that looks half decent. This, this is more about me moving my hand. I mean, this is literally if you were about to play a soccer match, just run around the field a couple times, you want to get warmed up. And I'm not going to do much more than that. I might come in here and articulate the arm, maybe get the angle of the torso and things like the kneecaps, especially for a figure that's leaning over. So I'm going to pull out a couple things, but this is just about moving around because you know what? <laughs> I haven't done any figure drawing for a really long time. I've been doing so much painting and I have not had the opportunity to really think about the figure for a while. All right. That's a warm up. Don't need to do much more than that. This is the reference that I was using. Let's go through and find the other reference. Okay, so this is the one we'll do next. And I think the key thing to warming up, you can't be afraid of just messing around. There's too much emphasis on making good drawings all the time. First of all, you're not going to. Second of all, that expectation messes you up. It keeps you from trying things because it's almost this mental weight that you have, very hard to get rid of. Tell me in the chat, how many people here want to get more expressive with their figure drawings and tell me maybe why you've struggled with it because <clears throat> it's very unclear i can't just give you all a formula do a b and c we'll look expressive and it's not as clear-cut as say anatomy anatomy i can tell you okay vastus medialis pretty much the same throughout 
But in terms of being expressive, I think that's even more mysterious. You'll see in this one, I actually started putting in a little bit of tone, nothing too substantial, but to push me in that direction. And ultimately what I do with more expressive drawings is I do try to get to the tone really early because that gives your figure a feeling of substance that is hard to get without the tone so early on. All right, let's do another warm up. How about for this one, let's try one that is reclining. Okay, so let's try this one. I may do it again as a longer version, but let's just do a quick sketch. Another key to drawing expressively, wide strokes. You can't be expressive when you're doing short staccato strokes like that. It makes your drawing really fragmented. So you see two things. I'm drawing with the side of the charcoal. I'm not drawing with the tip. And I'm blocking in, for example, the center line, which is on the back is the spine. And blocking in pelvis, pelvis and ribcage. If you have a good pelvis and ribcage, it almost doesn't matter what happens with the limbs. Limbs are almost cosmetic. And so you'll see, I've only worked on this for what, 30 seconds? I have everything, feet, leg, pelvis, arm, ribcage. It's all in there. And, and you really can do it in 30 seconds, okay? Because you know something? Once you get rid of the goal, of doing a good drawing. It's like, wow, I can do anything. <laughs> and I look for creases. This is a crease here underneath the kneecap. The crease of the backside is pretty critical. A lot of great shadow in this one. And the feet are very important here. It's actually sort of unusual to see the backside of the feet so dramatically. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Manette says, for the longest time, I couldn't figure out the point of the kneaded eraser until I saw a video for someone using one. The kneaded eraser, it works best as a cosmetic shift. So I'll use it if I want to lift a little, make something a slightly lighter. And it's good for pushing marks across the page, for example. And I'm going to do this a lot in the demo. So we have these horizontal lines 
and I can take my kneaded eraser and push it up. So you can see what happens is the kneaded eraser, it gives a feeling of tension. I'm pushing the charcoal in a certain direction. I could do the same thing up here. Here's a nice area of tone and I can pull it across. And it's much better than your hands because a lot of people smudge too much. They'll go in and do this. But if you compare the smudged area to the area with the kneaded eraser, you can see this looks really mushy. There's not a lot of definition. But if I take the kneaded eraser, you can see that's a really dramatic mark. You can see tension in that mark. And that's one thing I really appreciate about the kneaded eraser. And Cedric says, I feel that I can be expressive, but I have to do trial and error. Oh, you have to. I mean, everything about being an artist is trial and error. There's no guarantee until you try it. And even then there's no guarantee. Yeah, there's no guarantee. <laughs> Kathy says, getting angles and proportions right. That's a big concern for a lot of artists, but it's sort of the same thing where with a portrait, if you stress about likeness, number one, it just causes worry. It, re it really doesn't help you. Like the more you think about likeness, actually the harder it makes it for you to do the drawing. So it's the same thing. If you're really stressed about proportions and angles, that's really difficult. And I think the better thing, don't try to think about it in terms of correct proportions. Think about it in terms of comparisons. So I could say, okay, well, how wide is the pelvis compared to the shoulders? And if I were to just mark that out, okay, so here is the top of the pelvis. So it's about that wide. And if I look at the image, the shoulders are not as wide. So let's just mark off the shoulders. So that's the width of the pelvis. That's the width of the shoulders. And I know that the shoulders have to be less wide. That is much faster and actually in some ways more accurate because you're looking at relationships. You're not looking at, oh, is this seven and a half heads tall, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, Seven Angelic says, always get lost trying to be accurate. You guys have to get over the accuracy, okay? <laughs> like if you want accuracy, just, just take a photo, it's fine. <laughs> the whole point of drawing, it is not about accuracy. It really is not. And in fact, the drawings I've seen where people are really setting out to be accurate, they're boring. W315 says, I do wanna get more expressive, but what does that even mean? Expressing the model's feelings, mood, expressing my own. Can I be expressive in my own opinion rather than a mood or is it all feelings? It can be anything however you want to interpret. I think the difference is it's a drawing that is not 100% about representing what you see. It's not so much a descriptive drawing. So for example, I could say to people, well, I see a tree out there. It's got green leaves. It's got a trunk. It's got long branches. So that description, yeah, I'm describing what the tree is and you probably know about what the tree looks like, but it's not the same thing as saying, 
the tree felt very forlorn. So there's an emotion, or you could say the tree had a weight to it. And so if you think about it in those terms, that comparison between describing what you see visually accurately versus drawing what you see as an artist, because you would have the same model and everybody's going to interpret that model differently. And so being expressive, in my opinion, is really thinking about that deliberately and pushing it further. Yeah, Ayanda says, I definitely face challenges when it comes to loose sketching. I need this. Well, pick my brain. Ask me all these questions. Yeah, Tracy, a lot of it is about broad strokes because I see people sketching and it's this type of line. So I could do that or I could do this. <laughs> it's like this one was five times the amount of work and I sort of ended up the same. And sometimes people don't want to do this because, oh, no, what if it doesn't work? It doesn't work out. You just scratch it out and do it again. So there's a lot of ways that I think oftentimes we make things very inefficient. And so if you think about it again in terms of writing, if I try to tell people that a tree is green and I use five sentences, that's really inefficient and you don't get to the point quickly enough. Joe says, just joined a figure drawing session. I think I did pretty decent drawings. Thanks to ArtProf, my drawing improved. I enjoyed the three-hour session so much without worrying. Yes! It, it's all in your head. <laughs> like, we torture ourselves. I do the same thing. I mean, it's much easier to give advice <laughs> than to take it yourself. But, oh my gosh, the way we see it is so impactful. If you go into a figure drawing session going, I must do good drawings, that's pretty much a guarantee you're not going to, because that means you're not thinking about, okay, how am I holding my vine charcoal? What is the value here? You're getting distracted. All of those thoughts are really difficult. Kathy says, it's been freeing to me to realize that getting it really wrong and redoing it is part of the process and okay. Oh my gosh, this is so boring, but sometimes just repetition over and over and over again. Fix, fix, fix. I mean, this is not even close. Here, let me work this one a little bit more because what happens oftentimes is I'll draw one part and I draw it over again and again. I smudge it out. I do it again, smudge it out. So I can see in here, I've already drawn the shoulders so many times, but I definitely did not get the sense of the shoulders. Let's get that center line back in there. So I, I do want to block out some of the other areas, but let's really try to get that shoulder feeling better. And I'm looking at it now and already I see that this is too flat. So I'm going to make that angle a little bit more dramatic. And now I'm seeing, okay, the arm was too far to the left. So I'm going to push it over here. Now it's too squiggly. So it's about constant changes because what I see a lot is the longer people work on drawings, they almost don't know what to do next because you'll get to that point where you're like, uh, I know it's not done, but how do I fix it? I have no idea. And so what you'll see is what people end up doing after a little while is they just keep drawing over the same line. They'll just say, okay, like this. 
because you don't know what to do next. So you end up just repeating what's already there. But you can't do that. You have to be willing to changes. So if I look at it now, step back and squint a bit. Okay, so I have the leg up here, right? And now squinting, I'm seeing, oh my gosh, it's all the way down here. And then that pushes the thigh all the way down here. So that's where the thigh started. That was my first take and it was way off. And actually now I'm thinking it's too much. <laughs> so let's put it in between. It's more like that. And so this is hard to do. A lot of people don't want to move things that dramatically. They'd rather just draw over the same thing, but that's the kind of dramatic change you have to be okay with. And I don't see people doing this very much because it's scary. You, you move such a big chunk of your drawing. It's, it's a little stressful to change it that much, but you have to do it. And so, okay, confession time. <laughs> Who does it? Who just sort of keeps redrawing the line? And who is willing to make a big change like that? I mean, maybe you're willing, but you don't do it. <laughs> it's like, there's so many things I'm like, yeah, I know I should. I don't feel like it. And that's okay too. But does anybody see themselves in the, okay, keep repeating the same line? Because I've definitely done it myself. And it is something I have to remind myself to do, to not do. And you can see this spine is doing something weird. It's actually more straight. So let's draw that again. And actually I'm losing my tone. So let's bring back some of that tone. Now I'm losing my, I mean, a lot of this is that it's vine charcoal. Vine charcoal is not great for this, but I do need that shape. The basic areas of shadow. Oh, and so I'm seeing here, this leg at the bottom is too low. So now I'm going to bring it up. It's actually more like that. So a lot of changes to get your drawing to where you want it to be. Candace says, yes, I feel like trying to be so accurate and photorealistic is technically awesome but it loses the emotion that art can invoke. I'm going to be blunt here. I don't find it technically awesome. <laughs> I find it just, number one, absurdly slow. And number two, it's, it's almost like you're doing a photocopy, but you're drawing it. What's exciting about that? I mean, I think about drawings that I love and they stick with you. Seeing a wonderful Rembrandt drawing you don't forget a stunning Rembrandt drawing. Like there's this one, I think it's called Girl Sleeping and it's an ink wash drawing. And I remember that drawing. I see so many photorealistic things online. I never remember them. Totally forgettable. A scarf says being willing to make drastic changes is one of the biggest things I've learned with art prof. I'm always so proud of myself when I do a huge adjustment. Oh, it's hard because there's a domino effect. Because if I go in here and I say, oh, wait a minute, this is not wide enough. And I go in and let's say, okay, let's make that a little lower. 
oh my gosh, now the crease of the backside is too high. <laughs> and it, that's what's sort of hard about it. That's why people don't like making changes because it's like, oh my God, I have to redo all these things. But the thing is, if you don't redo those things, that's when your drawing really suffers. I like this, Tracy. I make a bunch of lines, shape it with an eraser. The best line is in there somewhere. It is. You just got to dig. <laughs> okay. Let's do a longer one. So let's get rid of this newsprint. And I am going to do reclining poses today because, you know what, we haven't done that for a while. So let's see. What do I want to do next? Hmm. Okay, that's it. <laughs> we got to pick one of these. Uh, let's do this one because I just did a sketch of it and I feel like it would be helpful for people to see the comparison between a very fast warm up versus something that's a little bit longer. Okay. Same thing. I'm going to start out with Vine because Vine is in is your friend in the beginning. It's not later. <laughs> Vine charcoal will ditch you if you're not careful. You have to understand that they're not reliable. Okay. Two things I want people to think about. Speed and also physical pressure you're exerting on the paper. Because a lot of people don't vary that enough. A lot of people, they're either drawing too dark all the time or too light all the time. So you have to learn to vary that physical pressure of the charcoal moving onto the paper. And you'll see what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about outlines. So let's stop there. I know it looks like nothing, but does everybody see how this is not an outline-based drawing? Because if I wanted to, I could do this. I could say, okay, well, let's do the outline of the figure. That's everybody's first impulse. Let's come in here and do this. But you see, this is already tight. It's already not what I want. And so one way you can do it, just, just don't outline anything. Make marks that go across the form. Even that's a little too dark. And be willing to smudge it out. I mean, I just did that. Because really what you're doing, you're not trying to nail the form of the figure. It's almost like you're trying to feel it out a little bit. You're saying, oh, sort of here, sort of there. Not sure, but let's keep it nice and loose. Definitely center line in there as soon as I can possibly put it somewhere. And I don't want to neglect the feet because they're pretty critical. The drawing I'm doing, it is still a little geometric which is fine. You, you got to start somewhere. And so a lot of people, 
probably would look at the drawing where it's at right now and say, oh, that doesn't look anything like a figure. Who cares? <laughs> it's not going to look like a figure for a really long time. <laughs> so throw out any of that stuff. Just let it be a lot more malleable. Because the thing is, once I start really defining things, that's when you tighten up. And so if I come in here and I say, okay, let's make a really well-drawn, me making that line, that's very tight. Me doing this is not tight. Okay, so let's get in here. Now I'm gonna start pulling out some line work. Not much, but a little more so I have a bit more guidance. So again, things like the creases and I'm going to step back and look a little bit and I'm seeing that this torso is a little bit too big. So actually I'm going to make the backside bigger. Okay. So then that moves this down. So note how many times I'm just wiping stuff out. Like I'm seeing this, I'm just going to wipe it. That's the nice thing about the vine charcoal is you can make changes really fast and it doesn't feel like a big deal. Because if you do that with charcoal, that's compressed. That's not great. It's a little hard to see the hand. The photo is not helping me very much. I'm just going to estimate about where I think it is. Let's get that center line a little more solid. If there's anything you really want to be an anchor in your drawing, it's the center line. So that I am going to hold on to pretty specifically. Oh, I can't get, what the heck is going on? Oh, I think I need lower. Okay, torso needs to come down a little more. And the nice thing about wiping out <clears throat> with your hands, it's fast. I mean, if I have to go here and pick up an eraser and do this, it, it's slow. Oh, I think the feet are too high. Are they? Ugh, no, see, this is a little more straight. See, I had the leg like this. I had it really tilted, but then I noticed making those comparisons actually pretty straight. And that then puts the feet over here. You know, I had the foot all the way over here. Now it's over here. <laughs> so these are the kinds of changes you have to be okay making. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Mason is asking, is figure drawing still important for an illustrator? Yes. Illustration, absolutely. You never know what you're going to be asked to draw as an illustrator. One week they want you to draw a giraffe. Next week they want to see a group of people sitting on steps. I think that versatility is very important as an illustrator. Fundamentally, maybe eventually you are not hired to do a lot of figure drawing. Maybe you find a specific topic or style that works for you. But figure drawing for illustration, it, it trains your eye. And you need that across the board as an illustrator. 
Tracy says, so interesting, I often jump the gun, try to break out a sketch quickly by drawing tightly from the beginning. Seems like drawing loose at first can actually speed up the process. Yeah. Because you know something else? When you draw tight, number one, you slow down. And number two, you're not as willing to make changes. Because if I make a line, I mean, that feels pretty permanent. Like, this is a commitment, okay? This, even if you're like, oh, I could change it, it, it just feels like you can't change it. Now, here, this is so light that you're like, ah, oh, change it, no problem. So a lot of this is creating scenarios that feel flexible, that feel like they can be changed very easily without a lot of effort. Now, you can see I tried to erase this, and it was difficult. And I probably will not get this back to the wider page. Yeah, I can't. Now here, I totally can get that back to the wider page. And so what you're looking for with expressive figure drawing, you're looking for flexibility, the ability to shift things in any direction. Yeah, I think Lisa gets buried in here somewhere. I'm not going to worry about it. That's where working from photographs sort of stinks because in life drawing, you wouldn't have that problem. Candace says, I've always heard to not erase your line before you draw your next one to fix because you're likely to just redraw the same line again. Oh boy, that's too much thinking for me. <laughs> like, I don't think I could adhere to that. I mean, it's okay to redraw a line. I mean, sometimes I'll draw it here and I'll think, oh, I need to move it here. And I'm like, oh, no, actually it's over here. That's okay. Don't worry about it. All right, let's dive in. Now, I know for a lot of people, diving into compressed charcoal at this stage feels a little bit scary, but you'll see what I'm doing in a minute. I promise it is going somewhere. <laughs> it's going to look terrible for a while. But I want to block in tones because I think people are far too reliant on line when it comes to figure drawing. So I'm going to take my compressed charcoal and I'm just going to lightly block in very simple areas of tone. And what's going to happen is I'm going to lose a lot of the structure. I mean, it's like there, I, I've almost lost everything. And so this is what I call the rug of tone. You may have heard me talk about that before. And this is me just laying out a rug big simple area of tone like this from this point of view yeah it looks like mush absolutely and people are like what you can't draw <laughs> i'm like screw you <laughs> but what i can do now is out of this rug of tone i'm going to pick a couple of areas where i can Throw down some line, not a, not a lot, but things like the crease, the backside. That that's a very important line. I can't ignore that. 
but you can see even there, I just did one line and the rest of it was defined very much by tone. And so this back of the leg, this is really dramatic. It's very dark back here. And I think I really messed up the feet. Have not been paying enough attention to them. So let's get them a little bit bolder. Okay. Really, I'm holding on to the top of the feet are going to help me. And I'm not going to draw toes. I'm just going to slightly hint at them. Let's really get, so this is a landmark, the crease of the backside. And that's something I recommend you do is say to yourself, okay, wh where is there a landmark? Where is one spot that really is critical to making this work? So for me, it would be that crease of the backside and would also be the center line. So center line, I'm going to give it a little bit more. This is also a landmark, that spot there, which is right underneath. And this is all very dark. So I'll just suggest the presence of an arm and then there's all this hair that comes down back here. Okay, so that's the next pass. <clears throat> now, there's the fun part. <laughs> I'm going to take my white plastic eraser and I'm just going to push and pull. The way I think about this, it's not so much erasing as much as it is pushing the charcoal across the bleh, surface of the page. So I'm not really doing this. That's erasing. Instead, I'm going to do this. I'm going to push. It's similar to what I was doing with the kneaded eraser, but it's different because this eraser is stronger. The kneaded eraser is so soft. It can't be as strong as this one. So for here, I'm going to really, really push. By the way, tell me in the chat, <clears throat> if you want your figure drawings to be expressive, why? Why is that important to you? Because it's not important to everybody. Some people really do want hyperrealism. And so maybe you want it to be more expressive because you want your work to be more emotional, or maybe you want it to have more energy. So tell me in the chat why you want the work to be more expressive. Okay, now the first thing I'm going to do is remove areas where it's really clear there shouldn't be <clears throat> any of that. Like this whole leg is actually very bright. So you can see it's a combination of putting down strokes like this, really bright, but also using the side. So I could say, okay, let's use the side here to pull this out. 
And so it makes these sort of chunky strokes that I am definitely a fan of. And I'm pulling out stuff that's very obviously should be brighter. So like up here, I totally lost that whole spot. Up here too, way too much. Let's pull back some of that center line. What did I do here? I feel like the backside needs to be up a little more. So a lot of this process, it's the side of my eraser. And, and certainly I'm gonna have areas where I wanna go in and really do more like line work. So here with this eraser. The other thing that's important for expressive figure drawing, I think, is edges. You can see this is a very harsh edge because I really want the definition of that leg. But here, this is very soft. The transition is not so smooth. Okay, now see, this is too big. So now I come in much brighter. And by the way, I'm pressing really hard. <laughs> like drawing board shaking hard because you have to make it physical. If I just sit here and I wimpily <laughs> draw my razor, I'm not gonna get good results. So here's where you can let it fly. Now you can come in and start doing the really intense stuff. So I'm also curious, tell me in the chat, are you surprised by what I'm doing? Or is this what you sort of thought it would be like? Because sometimes, well, actually fairly often, people tell me like, whoa, what? <laughs> and they're looking at my stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all in my head, so I, I don't really have any frame of reference for that. But it's interesting to me how something that for me is just like yeah that's how i draw and people are like what so it, it's fun i like that i like seeing that part of the process so i'm just going in and clarifying some of these spots because oh dear i have to move the foot over all right and then what did i do oh my god the foot is like all the way over here let's fix that is it? Yeah, it is all the way over there. Is that it? I'm getting lost. Is that the foot? Yeah. All right, let's let's just I gotta work on the feet. I just have been sort of ignoring them for a while. So I, I definitely need that division to be stronger. Toes are all the way down here. Really what I'm hanging on to is this heel down here. Okay, I think I'm getting stuck. 
in that spot for way too long. You know, I, I need to lift up this reflected light. There's a lot of reflected light here. So let's just lift. Actually, the kneaded eraser would be better for that. So anytime you want to lighten something, lift it out. Kneaded eraser is definitely your friend. Actually, now it's too weak. <laughs> Spoke too soon. Ugh. What the heck? I think... Is that too short? Oh, the, the pelvis is a little weird. I think I made it a little too wide. So let's go back in. Yeah, that's way too wide. So I'm just going to remove it there. So actually that does extend a little bit better. Now the feet are gigantic. Shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we have to get rid of the feet. The feet are terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think they're more... Oh my god, the feet are a disaster. I gotta just totally redo them. They're way too big and way too far to the right. And too, yeah, oh my God, they're such a mess. <laughs> too big, too far to the right, everything. Oh, Jesus, this is a mess. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. Maldives says, I'm a structure lover, but this technique is way more evocative. It also gives you much more to work with. Yeah, it's more fun. I mean, if you ask me to do an accurate, hyper-realistic drawing of the figure, I'm like, see ya. <laughs> like, I don't have the patience and I have no interest. Hi, Chris Flair. So glad to have you here. By the way, who's a lurker? Just come in and say hi. You don't have to say more than that. I know a lot of people don't want to participate in the chat, and that's fine. But I'm always curious because I went to a meetup in New York City, and we had so much fun. And there are so many people I met who I had never interacted with before online. And they were like, I love your stuff. And they, they knew so much about us. But are lurkers, which is fine. I know some people are nervous about that, but just say hi if you're a lurker. So Angelic says, well, I would hope that the practice would allow for more expression to come through in my other work too. Expression gives a picture some oomph to connect with capturing a mood or emotion. Here's my take. Everything you do as an artist, it's all going to the same pot of soup. <laughs> And so you, you can do work that's very, very different, but really feels unrelated. And then later on, you're like, wow, that actually was related. And so some of you may have seen, I did that green fairy painting for Moulin Rouge, the commission, and somebody commented, forget who it was, sorry, 
who said, well, I really think that you could not have done that commission without the Bread Fairy series. They're so different, but they're right. Because the Bread Fairy series was the first time I really dug into color. And I don't think I could have done the commission if I hadn't had that experience. So everything crosses over into everything else. Janice says, don't know about you, what I love about charcoal, besides the actual drawing, is getting your hands dirty. Yeah! <laughs> Doesn't that feel good, everybody? This isn't even that bad. I, I've gone home where it's just black. <laughs> it takes a while to get rid of. Amanda says, I like expressive drawing because I can control the viewer in a way. I can conduct the viewer to look at the things I liked in the moment. Yes, it's all about control. <laughs> I am the biggest control freak. <laughs> the familiar happy side. I know some days I'm like, oh. <laughs> like all the noises. Cool. We've got Dan S. Skeleton Bunny, Wilmy. Well, I'm so glad all of you jumped in to say hello because I love hearing from a range of voices. Harold says, at what point do you sacrifice capturing exact likeness in an art piece and substitute that with your own flair? I just don't even sacrifice. I, I just don't even do that to begin with. For me, the beginning of the piece is my own flair. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, but don't you care that it looks like a figure? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I really don't care because who am I making this drawing for? I'm not making this for a client. I'm doing what I want to do. And for me, I, I have no interest in an exact likeness. I really don't. I, I just think it's so boring, so slow. And it's not me. I mean, maybe some people feel like that is them, but I just feel like photorealistic stuff, you really lose the artist's voice you lose the artist hand. One thing I like about figure drawing is when you can see the hand of the artist. Look at this. This area here, this highlight. If I put in a stroke like that, you can see the direction I push the eraser in. It stays there. Now, if you have something like this, you don't so much see the hand of the artist. And so I like those like yummy, bold strokes. They, they just feel so good. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, geez, I use the side a lot. I guess that never really occurred to me until I had to explain it to somebody. So yes, I'll go through and I'll do some tweaks, but not a ton. I'm trying to figure out this spot with the crease of the backside. I feel like I'm losing it a little bit. I mean, the shadow is a little strange. All right, let's go back in. Let's pull out some of that reflected light because I'm losing that a lot. Yeah, okay. So the backside, it just needs some stronger strokes in here. I'm squint. Okay, it's too far to the right. And there, there definitely is, you can see the rib cage on the right hand side. So I'm going to do some strokes going across that hint at that structure. 
And this I need really harsh. This is probably the sharpest stroke I'm going to do in the entire drawing. But it's, it's necessary for what I'm trying to convey. So tell me in the chat when you're drawing, does your drawing board shake? Because <laughs> mine is like, <laughs> like, people are looking at me in life drawing because I have a local group that I go to here. I know people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, sorry, I just that's how I draw. That's the thing is I think oftentimes when we draw, we don't know any other way to draw in a way. I mean, yeah, you can learn. Absolutely. But ultimately, it is a lot of work to get yourself to draw in a way you normally would not. We all have a certain degree of us in the work, no matter what we try to do. Okay, get rid of all this stuff. All right, I, I really got to deal with the feet. I'm not, not doing that at all. Yeah, so up here there's a little more structure. This is a collarbone. And there's a little bit of the scapula up here that's sticking out. So I'm going to try to get that a little stronger. And again, there's so little of the arm. I just feel like it's not worth working on that much. And then the hair is quite dramatic. I'll just do some really quick strokes over there. I'm going to let that dissolve a little bit. Maybe I'll just let it like really dissolve <laughs> to nothing. Oh, I lost my scapula again. Come on, come back. Okay, and I got to bring some of this down. So another thing to think about, the mark you put down, are you trying to have that mark be really clear or are you trying to fuzz things a little bit? Because you see down here, I am fuzzing a lot of the edge. Oh, there's a lot of reflected light here, geez. A lot of that, you can see the rib cage coming out. Looking at the crease of the backside, this shadow is so weird. It's just looks weird in the photo, so it doesn't help me very much in the actual drawing. So I might slow down a bit in some of these other spots. I really got to push the reflected light. I feel like this is getting too light. So this is what I would call the shadow core, which is the darkest part of the shadow. Let's really push this. 
And I'm going to leave that whole edge of the figure really light. I'm actually not really going to have much of an edge up there. Okay, let's let's procrastinate. <laughs> I don't want to work on the feet. <laughs> Chris Flair says, it's amazing that by one stroke, you make the entire feel of the image will change. Every stroke matters. It really does. Sometimes, well, here's the thing though. It, it matters if you want it to matter. So for example, let's say up here, I make a whole bunch of strokes. Those strokes don't really matter. They're not really doing that much. But if I do this, that stroke matters. That stroke is a statement. Think about that because I do think most of drawing is your mindset. It's not oftentimes about what your hands can physically do. It's more about your mindset. Because I've had students who were maybe really struggling for a while in class. And then it's like they have an aha moment and all of a sudden it makes sense. So it's not really about, oh, your hands are better than this person's hands. It's not it. It's like, do you have the mindset that you need to get this across? Oh goodness. Amanda, I broke my leg. My easel drawing with so much force. Or I've never done that. Okay, you, you got me on that, Amanda. <laughs> Lisa says, I want to draw expressively because it's what I gravitate to in museums. I have a cave painting of a pony. Oh, I love cave paintings. If you don't know about cave paintings, look them up. The caves of Lascaux in France, those are some of the oldest, maybe the oldest cave paintings. Just look up cave paintings, you'll find it. It's the most famous of all cave paintings, but I love those. Valentina says, love your approach so liberating. Thank you for teaching me how to enjoy charcoal. You know, people can tell if you're drawing and you're fighting your drawing the whole way through, like, like in a negative way. I mean, I'm fighting right now, but differently. <laughs> um, people can see that. They can see that you don't want to be there. It's like me and parties. I don't want to be there. I hate parties. Who here likes parties? Tell me I'm not a freak because I hate them. Oh my gosh. Like I always just feel so awkward. I don't know who to talk to and I always feel like everybody's looking at me thinking, oh man, she's a weirdo, which I know they're not. I know the world is not about me, but it just feels that way. Like I don't know that I've ever been to a party that I was like, yes, I love it here. It's always like, oh my God, how much longer do I need to stay? Actually, that's the best part of having kids. Nobody will question you leaving a party early. You're like, oh my kids need to get to bed. Can't do that anymore though. My kids are too old. But please tell me I'm not the only weirdo. Because you know, people are always like having such a great time at parties. And I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the whole thing? It's like, parties are so fun. And I'm like, no, they're not. I'd rather sit at home and watch Aaron Tveit clips. <laughs> to me, that is fun. <laughs> I know, I'm so antisocial. I shouldn't be. And I'm talking about personal stuff. I'm not talking about when I have a meetup for art prop. That's sort of different. Because that's a situation which for me feels more about my professional life. And it's, it's not about like me, Clara, 
the social person who hates socializing. I don't know. And, and then there's all this stuff right now about how because of the pandemic, so many people just struggle so much with socializing just because like none of us did it for a few years. I don't know. It's like sometimes I see people on social media and they're all having such a good I'm like, no, that's not my life. <laughs> like, you know who's super cool is Lauren. Like, I always see Lauren doing cool things on social media. And I'm like, you're so cool. <laughs> I am not. And all the outfits, and I'm like, yeah, no. This is getting pretty flat, this leg. So I might actually shift up that edge a little bit more. I think that would help. Oh, what is wrong with me in the feet? Oh my goodness. I just, like, maybe I'm outlining too much. Come on. When in doubt, blur it. <laughs> That's what I just did. I don't know. There's something nice about it's a mess. And so I feel like I'm pulling some articulation out of the mess. So here, I think I really do have to draw the toes, which is a man. I hate drawing toes. They're so weird looking. But this is one spot I am going to tighten up a little bit because I think I do need it. look really weird. What do I need here? Oh, it's too light here. Let's go a little bit. Maybe my eraser stick just a bit. I don't usually use my eraser stick that much when I'm trying to draw more expressively, but it does come in handy. This is the eraser stick. It's made by Generals. It's called a Factus Mechanical Eraser. Toes are massive. What the heck? It's like the Flintstones. Yeah, I think in here. Oh, why are these feet giving me so much grief? What the heck? I'm like losing the big toe. There's all these lines that are like the wrinkles of the skin. Maybe if I just get the big toes down. I can hope that the other toes will be okay. Yeah, I definitely need my eraser stick. It's like the big toes all the way down here. Because I do want them to look sort of like a mess. And they are pretty separate because of the lighting situation. So maybe in here I can start doing some of the lines of the skin. Those are pretty prominent. Oh, what the heck? Why aren't you not cooperating feet? Oh, they look terrible. Okay, let's procrastinate. <laughs> let's look at what's happening in the chat. Karasu says, I don't like parties in general, but I do enjoy having birthday celebrations with my friends. Oh, that's nice. When it's like a group of 
friends, I'm cool with that. It's just any party where it gets past 10 people, I'm like, no. Depends on how you define party, says Amanda. If drawing is a party, I love it. Oh, yeah. Let's define it that way. That's much better. <laughs> Seven Angelic says, blech, parties. I mean, why? I want to see the people I like in small numbers, not a crowded room of awkwardness. Oh, gosh. You know what's the worst that happened to me at a party? And so, like I told you, I walk around awkwardly and I'm like, okay, what do I do? And like, oh, this is the worst. I was walking around this party once. Actually, it's with a bunch of other artists. And I knew some of them, but not all of them. And so this one artist comes up to me and he's like, you look lost. I'm like, thanks, dude. Okay, I already felt really awkward to begin with. And you're just making me feel worse. That sucked. I'm so mad about that. Tracy says, I just people watch. Yeah, I, I think that's what I do, but I do it very awkwardly. <laughs> oh, Manette says, me too about cave drawings. I borrowed a book on prehistoric art from the library. It was so much fun to read and look through. Tell me in the chat. I'm curious because I teach obviously. And so I wanna know where people are getting their information. So tell me in the chat, where do you go to look at artists for inspiration? Do you look at Instagram? Do you go to libraries and look at books? I, I have so many art books and I haven't looked at a lot of them in a long time. Or do you ask other artists for recommendations? Or do you open up an art history website? Because honestly, I, I am sort of bummed out that for most people, the vast majority of where they find new artists' Instagram. There's lots of fantastic artists on Instagram, don't get me wrong, but you know what? Albert Durer is not on Instagram. <laughs> like you're not gonna see his extraordinary engravings. You're not gonna see Jack and Medi sculptures on Instagram, unless it's like a museum site, which is not really the same thing. So I'm gonna encourage all of you, the next time you can go to the library and look at art books. It's not convenient, I know. Don't go all the time. Just go once in a while. Or if anything, go for the first time. Go to the library, sit yourself down, look at the art books. Because I don't know, I find it sort of depressing that when I go to the library, everybody's on a computer. Like a lot of people are not looking at the books. And one thing I really like about sitting in that stack of art books is I, I just look differently because on the phone, I'm so guilty. I just um, scroll, scroll, scroll. And it's very easy to scroll past things. In a book, you gotta take it off the shelf. You gotta open it. It's a little more effort, it slows you down. So I like that a lot. Okay, let's deal. this eraser stuff off. I gotta fix the feed. I'm gonna be mad if I don't fix the feed. So actually what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna zoom in a little more so I can see them better. <clears throat> and I'm gonna slow down here. I, I can't go fast anymore. It's just gonna mess me up. Because yeah, I, I want it to look like feet. But it was just, I think it's the scale. I think it's just getting a little out of control. And so sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is too much. I can't deal with this. It's just such a weird view. Uh, 
the edges are strange. I think this heel pops more than I think. So there are times when I'm drawing expressively where I'm like, yeah, okay, I got to slow down. And this is one of those times. I can't do this if I'm going crazy <laughs> with everything. And I do want to hint at the presence of those wrinkles. And actually, here's a little touch of the ankle bone. Hopefully, that gives it a little more presence. I'm going to bring the kneecap back. It sort of disappeared. Oh, this is much lighter than I thought. I think I, I think the feet, they're just too dark. I got to bring them back somehow. Racer stick is a huge help. But it does get a little bit, um, a little bit picky sometimes. So I'm going to go back to the big eraser. I'm going to smudge it because it's a little picky for me. I think this is too low. Trial and error. It's what you need to do. It's necessary. Smudging in and out. I think I got to prioritize things like this edge of the foot is pretty important because I think I'm getting a little jumbled right now. It's just too much stuff going on. Maybe get some of the edges a little more solid. I feel like some of the edges are getting a little too muddled. Okay, that's a little bit better. Gotta organize this like mush of toes over here. What is going on? Oh my god, what a mess. What is this? Maybe this foot is like way too big. Actually, I think it's the toe is too low. Let's move that around. Yeah, that's better. Oh, come on. Am I at the end of my eraser? Oh, I got to trim it, I think. All I have is wire cutters <laughs> sitting at my desk. <laughs> Normally, I would use a utility knife or something like that just get this one big toe to work might be enough maybe the highlight of that edge
Uh, it looks really bad, you guys. I kind of don't care, though. Whatever. Okay, let's just define... Ugh, they look like they're, like, not connected. When in doubt, smudge. <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. I'm gonna chicken out. That is so bad. It just, oh, it looks even worse. That looks terrible. It looks like a loaf of bread. Okay, let's try that again. Yeah, I don't think I can get away with that. I was like, oh, I'll just smudge it. It's like dissolving into the distance. Nah. Doesn't really work that way. Yeah, I did this. I forget which painting it was where I was like, oh, this is bothering me. Maybe I'll just rub it out. And I was like, I can do that, right? I don't need the head. And I'm like, no, you need the head, Clara. I think the, isn't the classic example where you put the hands in the pockets because you don't want to draw them, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Janice says, I really love art history. I've even thought of going back to school to study it. Oh, yes, it's very stuffy, very ivory, even more than the studio practice in academia. So I have some books, but I like Pinterest. Manette says, Instagram is good for newer current artists. Not everyone has an art book. One of my favorite artists lives on the other side of the country, so seeing her in a gallery is slim to none chances. Oh, it's so hard. I, I think, I mean, I'm a good example. I don't go to museums that often because they're expensive. And I don't live a lot of, live near a lot of good museums. I mean, the last time I really did that was when I was in New York City. Kane says, I go to local museums, galleries, library, and online too. There's an art festival near me that had a lot of artists too. Oh, it's so nice to see local artists. I love that so much. Wait, what? Amanda, Iron Man 3 has a Giacometti sculpture in the background at Tony Stark's house? What? Oh, thank you, Marvel. I like that. Alpe says, love libraries, discovering books I've never seen before, especially when they are out of print and old. Well, that's the thing is there's art history sites out there. Like Smart History, I think, is one of the better ones. But the thing is, there's a lot of stuff that's in books that's not online. I have this Caravaggio book that I got in Italy, and it has the most incredible close-ups. Like, I've never seen anything like that of Caravaggio's work anywhere else except in that book. A Scarf says Instagram's easiest, or at least a jumping-off point, to visit artists' websites. I like going to local galleries, too. I have a deep love for art books. I know, I just wish they weren't so pricey. <laughs> Actually, you know what's really good is if you go to a flea market, I went and I found this amazing Annie Leibovitz book. It was so thick and it cost me like $10. So sometimes you can find good things at flea markets. Ronan is asking, have you drawn Harry Potter? If so, will you draw, draw him? I haven't done any Harry Potter stuff. I mean, I confess it's because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I know some people like are so devoted 
Harry Potter. And I think a lot of it actually might be the nostalgia part of it. So a lot of the younger generation, a lot of you grew up with Harry Potter and I did not. <laughs> like Harry Potter came out when I was like 30 or something. So I don't have that nostalgia with it. And I think sometimes that's what it has to do with a lot of the time. Yeah, I know, Valentina, I know. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit uptight about it. It's bad, you can tell. So let's just um, simplify. Sometimes that's the way to go. Don't make it, and actually I'm not looking at the reference right now. I'm just saying, hey, what do I need down here? Oh God, they're, they stink, this is so bad. Ugh. Okay, let's just pretend I worked on it more, <laughs> right? <laughs> let's just, yeah, or or the model stopped posing, I ran out of time, right? That's the way to think about it. You can sponsor a video, help us create content for our community. We have several videos on our website that were created because of generous sponsors in our community. There's more information in the menu bar at ourprof.org. Please join me right after the stream. We're gonna have a Discord chat. We're gonna chat in post live stream. So I hope some of you can meet me over there. Join our Patreon group. We have such a blast in there. You get to share your art in weekly voice sessions. You get to rant. We love doing that. As artists, we're very good at ranting. You also get support and very nerdy long critiques from me in the Patreon group. And most of all, you find support in a small group of artists. Our server is gigantic and the Patreon group is much smaller. So you really get invested in each other, which is fantastic. Our prof has services, artist calls, portfolio critiques, statement editing, and personal art curriculums. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.